Hello everyone and welcome to the Made by Wool podcast, which is a podcast about wool, about knitting. Um, and uh, my name is Helena. Uh, I'm the host of this podcast. I am recording from my apartment in Stockholm, Sweden. And um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, this is the very first episode of this podcast that I have been meaning to um, to uh, record for a while now, although my initial plan was to do it um, as a video podcast. So at least in the knitting world, that is sort of the standard, I'd say, uh, to do video podcasts on YouTube. And um, it makes perfect sense as well because knitting is obviously a very <laughs> visual visual um, hobby and uh, it's it's nice to actually see what the person is um, talking about um, to see the actual uh, knitting and the project um, so i <clears throat> i yeah like i said that was my my first plan it didn't <laughs> it didn't work out because um yeah i had some troubles with my video camera and my computer and yeah I, I don't want to go into that but I still like I was really um I got really down when it didn't work out and I thought okay I still want to do I still want to record and I you know I haven't really I don't listen to that many audio knitting podcasts to be honest just because they can be um like I said, it's it's hard to it's hard to listen uh, to something that just would benefit from having the the video recording. Um, and my experience with audio podcasts is, you know, some are good, some are great, some are not as great, and uh, it's very easy to feel excluded from from the talk and. Um, just because sometimes, especially if, if it's a podcast by a few people, so not just one person talking, and it can be very, maybe they talk about a specific pattern that they all know about, and maybe they have all knitted it, and then as a listener, if you, if you don't, <laughs> if you're not aware of that pattern, then, you know, you can look it up, of course, but, but before you do that you will just yeah you have no idea what they're talking about basically and um, I think that's is a really tricky thing to do a audio podcast that is sort of uh, inclusive to everyone who's listening um, that doesn't require the listener to you know do the work themselves of googling or checking out the pattern on Ravelry etc um, and also that is sort of that creates um, the the visual that you are lacking um, just by using that medium, uh, essentially. So, yeah, I thought, well, that's a great challenge. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now I'm trying to do this the audio way. Obviously, this is the first episode. So if it doesn't work out, then maybe um, there will not be any more. But... Um, I want to try it and the idea I have which is also the idea I had for my um, for the video podcast I was planning to do uh, 
is that I want to do more, try to be more like, have more of a discussion about knitting. Um, I mean, both specific discussions, um, but also like knitting in general or how it ties into other other aspects of uh, society. And I don't know. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have great visions as you can hear, but <laughs> we'll see. But in any case, I think those kind of discussions may actually work better for this audio format, um, hopefully. Um, what else did I want to say about that? Yeah, my idea is also that you know, I don't want to... Um, I'm not... I will try. That's I'm going to say I will try. Uh, I will try to not assume that the listener if there are any listeners in that case, hello, um, that you know about the patterns I'm talking about, that you know about, um, well, I mean, mostly the patterns, actually, um, but also the yarns, maybe. So, you know, by assuming that, I need to be more um, sort of elaborate when I try to explain a pattern or my work. Um, but of course, I will have... You know, my name on Ravelry is made by wool. Um, I think made by... No, it's made by wool. <laughs> and um, I, of course, I have all my projects there. So you can always go there to check it out if you want to. And I will mention the patterns and, and stuff. So you can also, uh, you know, just look that up as well uh, while you listen. But if not, that should be perfectly fine. <clears throat> you can just, you know, sit sit down, um, lean back, grab your knitting and just listen and hopefully you will be able to <clears throat> imagine what I'm uh, talking about at the very least. So I'm gonna grab a sip of my water. Okay, so I don't have... <clears throat> I have a few things I want to talk about in this very first episode <clears throat> and uh, the um, the first one is <clears throat> my voice <coughs> excuse me um so the first one is a i want to talk about a pattern um but it's not really a pattern it's more of a tutorial i'd say more of a an instruction on how to knit a garment um, it's called improv so I guess the improv pattern you can find it on Ravelry but it's originally from a blog um, a blog that is it's not still um, active um, but it's written by it was written by Karen Templer um, which is she knits and she sews, she designs. Um, I think she has a, a company called something like Fringe, uh, Fringe Supply and Company or something. Uh, but if you just, um, uh, the blog, you can find her through the blog if, if nothing else, but she's on Ravelry too, of course. Um, the blog is fringeassociation.com. And like I said, Improv is the name of the tutorial. And I, love this tutorial. I cannot recommend it enough. I I knitted my very first sweater using this tutorial and since then I have knitted maybe <clears throat> four other um, sweaters or cardigans 
well, no, just sweaters, I think, using this tutorial. So I'll try to just explain briefly what it's, what it's about. It's basically a five or six part uh, tutorial on how to knit a garment. So it could be a sweater or a cardigan. Um, you can use, I mean, it's written in a way that um, you sort of, you design and do and calculate all the measurements, all the stitch counts yourself. Um, but the instructions are very thorough. So you, you can use, use the instructions and then <clears throat> very easily, um, if you, of course, easily, I mean, you still have to do the counting and uh, the maths and stuff, but like you have all the information there. Um, and you can use any yarn, uh, any needle size. Uh, it's, it works for any gauge. Um, that's the beauty of it that you, as long as you know your gauge with the yarn and the needles that you use, uh, you can <clears throat> work from that and do the calculations from that. Um, and she also explains if you want to do a v-neck or a round neck, what you need to do. And um, of course it's needed top down so you can do it as long as you want. And um, yeah, and she also explains sort of difference between cardigan and sweater. Obviously with a sweater, you just knit in the round and the cardigan, if you don't want to stick, uh, then you just knit it back and forth. And uh, it's a very basic sweater. Um, it's a raglan. Uh, so you just increase um, in the front and in the back. Um, and and um, yeah, like I said, top down. So the, the great thing about a top down sweater, of course, is that you can try it on as you go, which is sort of the main aspect of this tutorial as well, that you should try it on as you go. Um, so like mostly what she does is that she helps you with um, the beginning, the beginning of the sweater. So like how many stitches you need to cast on, how to sort of begin the increases so that it will be sort of increasing enough, the sweater will increase enough for it to fit um, your body or the size that you want to knit in. And um, <clears throat> and then like when you have all that sort of um, established, it's, <clears throat> it's easy to just keep knitting uh, for the sleeves and for the body. So if you are fairly new to knitting sweaters or, I mean, even if you have knitted sweaters for a while, I think this is a great tutorial to to use and I have learned a lot from it and obviously although it's very simple um, you can add stuff um, as you wish I mean I have added cables you can do fun ribbings you can play around with the raglan increases to make them more decorative for example and um, and uh, yeah I have um, yeah <laughs> now I've talked a lot about that uh, pattern but I mean do check it out I, I recommend it Highly recommend it. And the sweater I have just finished um, using this pattern uh, was actually I I have made it as a knit along sort of with my mom who also knits and who also 
she has knitted a cardigan using this sweater and um, what we did was last winter we went on a skiing trip together and um, and uh, on the way there we we stopped by a yarn shop and we bought yarn and uh, and then we spent the the days skiing and the evenings just sort of getting started with this um, this project and it, it was really fun to do it together because we could help each other out with the measurements and the calculations and and we did a proper swatch to to like um, be sure that we had the right gauge to to work with and yeah we decided it was going to be our 2020 sweater and now I've just finished it's late October now and uh, I think my mom finished just the other day as well. I haven't, I haven't seen it live, um, but she sent a picture and it looks really good. Um, so what I did with my sweater, my, my plan was to do a very, I mean, I wanted to do it very basic because I had, it was my first sweater um, working with a silk mohair uh, yarn, which is um, you know very popular, of course. Uh, I use one, now I can't remember the brand, but I mean most of the silk mohair yarns are pretty similar. Uh, so I use one strand of that and one strand of some kind of uh, merino, or it could be could it could be a sock yarn like Arweta Classic or something like that. I yeah, it might actually have been Arweta Classic, but some kind of like fingering fingering weight yarn. Um, both strands are similar in color. I would say maybe like um, mauve or pink. What's it called? Not not pink, but like a very um, earthy pink. <laughs> well, this was this is when I should have had the video, right? Um, I think you understand, like very like old fashioned type of pink. Um, and um, yeah, the like with any uh, any project you use silk mohair, it's it's got a really nice um, halo and uh, sort of luster to the to the fabric, which is very nice. Um, I have used it quite a lot actually, um, although I just finished it. And um, like I said, because I used this type of yarn, I wanted to do a very simple simple sweater just to make the yarn the fabric uh, sort of uh, be the be the main uh, main aspect of the the garment and to just let it shine in itself so i did the color the only like details i did was the ribbing so for the collar and for the cuffs and sort of the uh, the lower part of the body, oh, what's that called? Anyway, all the ribbings I did in a very like decorative way. So I used sort of a braided ribbing, which means basically I used it was a four times two ribbing. So usually, you know, with a ribbing you have one by one, which means one knit one pearl, or two by two, which means two knit two pearl. So I would say this is a four by two, which means four knit and two pearl in this case and for these four knit stitches I did so two can two braids or fake braids I'd say it looks like 
kind of like braids, they sort of circle into each other and um, creates a very, like a very romantic vibe. Or maybe that's just because I have this sort of pink, pinkish color. Um, but it's very cute ribbing. And um, just because uh, the rest of the sweater is so basic, it really, uh, like the, the detailed uh, ribbings just, yeah, they, they get all the attention, uh, which is what I wanted. <clears throat> and um, yeah, like I said, the raglan increases, I just googled like, uh, you know, the most invisible raglan increase or something like that. And um, I was really happy with the result. The only thing um, that turned out a bit weird was that because in the pattern, basically you calculate how often you need to increase to reach um, sort of below the armpit where you separate uh, the sleeves from the body uh, so that you get an even increase up to that point. But it says in the pattern as well, if if you need to stop your increases before that, because you have reached sort of the the, the width of, of the garment that you want, then you can just do that and keep on knitting as, as usual, which is what I did. And I have done that before on other garments uh, with no problem, but now it, it sort of, it shows, obviously it shows that I stop the raglan increases at a certain point. But it also, like the fabric gets kind of folded just below that uh, that point where I stop my increases. Um, so yeah, I have this kind of weird fold at two points. Um, two points on the front of the garment and two points on the back. Um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much because, yeah, I don't know, it's not that visible. And especially after I blocked the garment, it, um, it wasn't as... Uh, notable as it was before but yeah still a bit annoying I have to say um, what else do I need to say about this sweater obviously you can see if you want to see the finished project I have it on my Ravelry project pages um, yeah I'm like I said I'm happy I've used it it's warm enough and uh, this kind of this the, the pink color I was talking about is really one of my favorites. I generally I am I get drawn to more earthy colors in general and more sort of I mean I like colors but more uh, like faded uh, earthy and autumnal colors as we can see now it's autumn um, so we see a lot of that currently um, but yeah. Uh, and I, the final thing I want to say before I leave this um, pattern and project for now, um, what I really enjoyed was to do this, to knit this sweater with my mom, just because we could help each other out along the way with different problems that would arise, which, you know, there, there are always problems. And especially this kind of project when you have to rely on your own... Um, your own notes a lot and your own measurements and um, I enjoyed that process very much and I have this idea that I want to do it again with maybe other knitters out there that I that aren't my mom and that I maybe uh, don't know yet so 
I mean, if anyone is listening to this and feel like, oh, what a great idea, I want to, I want to join, then please reach out to me. Um, like I said, Made by Wool, uh, that's also my Instagram name. I'm Made by Dot Wool, I think, on Instagram. Um, you know, reach out and um, maybe we can organize something. I, I have some ideas on how, um, you know, if it's a global thing, we can do it on um, like Zoom or any other <clears throat> platform where you can have a chat or or a video conversation um, and uh, if you are by any chance living in Stockholm then um, then we could meet up and do it um, yeah that's my that's my um, I think that would be really fun to be sort of a group uh, that does it together it's sort of like a workshop like a creative workshop thing and uh, my for myself I already have a plan on what to do next using this tutorial and that will be a cardigan uh, also a very basic cardigan it will be cropped and um, a bit oversized not too much but a bit oversized and um, a v-neck and i think sort of like a charcoal gray so gray slash black um, hopefully a bit speckled um, or like tweedy uh, a tweedy effect Depends on what kind of yarn I will use. I do have a Holst Super Soft yarn, which is a fingering or a light fingering weight yarn, which I could hold, which I could hold double. Um, but I don't know if it will get this sort of speckled uh, tweedy effect uh, that I want. So we'll see. I might have to actually. I might have to do a swatch. Holding that double um, to see if it if it works, but yeah, that's all. Um, uh, all for that. Uh, all I want to say about that pattern. So the next thing um, I want to talk about uh, is socks, and I. Uh, as you know, it's October, which in the knitting world means Socktober, uh, which basically means that in October you knit socks. And, uh, um, you know, for me, no exception, of course, I have also knitted socks and uh, I've ac actually knitted on a coming sock design. Um, I'm not really a designer by any means, but I have designed two sock patterns previously and this will be my third and um, I I have knitted a lot of colorwork socks which is what I'm designing and what I uh, really enjoy knitting so the ones I'm working on now will also be uh, colorwork sock and uh, I am I have knitted the first one and I am right now knitting the the second one and um, sort of the process of when I'm designing a sock is, um, you know, once I have the idea and once I have drawn up the chart that I will use, etc. I, I, um, I start knitting the first sock, and I write notes along the way. Um, they are not very, um, they are not very neat, uh, and they are mostly just for me to remember what I'm doing, and then I will sort of write it up in a nicer way later. But I write notes, pretty thorough notes, uh, and then I, when I start knitting my, my second sock, I, 
follow my notes as if it was the pattern. And that's sort of how I discover any mistakes. Uh, just because I try to very like strictly follow my notes uh, and not just like, oh, this, this was probably what I meant. So I'll just do that. But I, I'll strictly follow my notes. And if there's a mistake or something that I feel like, oh, this doesn't seem right, I correct it um, right away. So I'm knitting my second one, the second one right now, uh, using that <laughs> with that strategy. And I am absolutely loving how these socks turned out. Um, they are actually uh, the ones I'm working on now, which will be the sample sock, the only sample sock if if I don't do another pair, which uh, ideally I would like to, but I'm, I don't know if I have the energy for that. Um, but these are actually turning out to be sort of a male-sized sock. Um, I, I hesitate a bit to call it a male-sized sock, because obviously socks are unisex, and you know most, most uh, things we are knitting are unisex, so I don't see the reason why we should call them male and female, but in this case, um, I, I call it a male sock just because I am sort of knitting it to fit my my partner and not um, not me and my own fit, which is a first. Um, and the reason is simply that I started I started uh, my first sock, and um, I had drawn up the chart, so I had a specific size I uh, I wanted to knit, and uh, I realized quickly that they turned out too big for me uh, however I, I still wanted to to do that specific chart because if I wanted to change the size I had to redraw the chart which which is fine I'm working on that now because I want to uh, to cater for different sizes but I, I wanted to do that chart uh, right away because I was uh, impatient uh, and um, um, yeah, I, I sort of debated whether I should, you know, I did redo it in a smaller size with a sort of unfinished chart, but it, it just didn't turn out well. So I went back to the large size and um, I just went with it and decided that, yeah, I'll, I'll knit it, I'll design it to fit my partner's feet. And, you know, um, my partner has larger feet than me and you know, I don't know that much about the anatomy of male and female feet, but I reckon that male feet are generally larger in some places. Obviously, the length uh, could be larger, and um, but also things like the the heel, or you know, you need the proper room for the heel or the um, the instep. And um, yeah, I just wanted to. I mean, also if. You know, you don't have to be male to have to want to have more room for the heel, uh, for example. So I, I just wanted to have that, keep that size and think about how to adjust the pattern to make more room um, uh, for those uh, those places that could use it. Um, so I'm actually pleased with uh, with how it's turning out. The first sock, um, I tried it on my partner and it fits. It fits well, so... Yeah, maybe he will actually be the model, <laughs> the model for them uh, when I take pictures. But you know, I, oh, it would be better if it was uh, me and my feet. But well, 
yeah, I don't want to talk too much about feet because why that's, yeah, why, why would I do that? But yeah, um, the yarn I'm using is um, just like fingering, um, fingering sock yarn. Um, doesn't really matter which one you use. Uh, I used, um, maybe this was Arweta Classic too. That sounds weird that I used it for both both my sweater and the socks, but maybe not because I bought them at the same time. So it could be that. Um, and I think some kind of drops nude, I think, which is their sock yarn with a little bit of alpaca in them. So it's very soft sock yarn. Uh, I just had it laying around. And um, the main, the main um, part of the sock is in the dark gray and dark no dark gray and light gray um so it's a colorwork sock so it's a pattern uh like a chart using dark gray and light gray and then i have a contrast color which is sort of a blue like a sea blue maybe i could call it like yeah sea blue it's yeah <laughs> yeah i need to be better if i'm gonna do this i need to be better at explaining colors i realize now maybe i could use Maybe I should have like references to all my colors. Um, obviously sea blue isn't very, doesn't say much, does it? But it's a nice blue. Let's just, yeah, you, you can just imagine the nicest blue uh, for yourself and then, yeah, think of it <laughs> as the blue I'm using. Uh, and the contrast color then is for the cuff and the heel and the toes. So very like standard color work sock. The one thing that isn't standard about these socks, however, is that I'm using, I'm playing around with texture, which isn't something you see that often on, on color work projects. Um, I am, um, if you are, if you are Swedish or familiar with Swedish uh, knitting, maybe you know about uh, the Bohus. Oh, let me just see what it's called. Like Bohus sweater, is that? Um, Bohus tröjan. Is that what it's called? Let me just see. Yeah, Bohus Treya. Um, so it's a sweater named after a, a, a place in Sweden, basically. And it's a traditional sweater that has... It's a colorwork yoke, really, but it does play around with the um, texture on the colorwork. So by using... I haven't knitted it myself, so I don't know exactly, but it looks like it plays around with knit and purl stitches to create... Um, yeah, more dimension to the color work, basically. And that's what I've tried to do with my with my sock as well. Um, and I, I love the result. It just gives it, like I said, another dimension and more... It gets more lively. And in this case, it also gets more uh, squishy. Squ what's that word? Squishy? Squish? Squish. You know what I mean? Like, it, more padding. <laughs> um... So it kind of feels more like it isn't the thinnest, neatest sock, um, but um, well, all, you know, all socks doesn't have to be. It's more of a like a thicker, maybe like sock to just keep you warm um, at home, maybe. Or I mean, or if you live in a very cold area, obviously you can use it going out. Um, um, yeah, I don't have anything more to say about that, I think. 
I, like I said, I'm working on the second sock now and hopefully the pattern. Obviously, I need to write it up and, uh, you know, maybe I can find someone to test knit them for me. Um, my process isn't very <laughs> serious. Um, um, but yeah, I still want to do, you know, nice quality patterns, of course. So yeah, yeah, and here as well, if you if you like to knit colorwork socks and want to test them, uh, feel free. I have uh, a little sneak peek picture on my Instagram. Um, uh, if you want to have a look, um, yeah. So I will. I've already recorded for half an hour, which is, um, which is long, and I don't. I need to get going, so I don't have time to talk <laughs> a lot more. But I have more to talk about. But I, I will save that maybe for next episode if there will be one. Um, the the final thing I want to talk about is it's more of a it's more of a recommendation maybe or like. Uh, I want to reference a discussion that I listened to last week. Um, it's from a, another video. Uh, it's from a video podcast on YouTube um, by Sari Nordlund. She's also a knitting designer, and um, I think the podcast is just called Sari Knits. And um, and she, in her latest episode, she talks about. Uh, I think the episode, the name of the episode is something like "Should basic patterns be free?" So, so you can find it just by by searching for that. Should basic patterns be offered for free? Something like that. And she talks about, um, yeah, how basic, you know, basic knitting patterns. So, for example, a basic sock that's just you know nothing special, just stocking out with some ribbon for the cuff and just a regular heel flap and gusset heel um should you um you know is it okay to claim that pattern as yours by by running it up and uh, charging people uh, for it and um you know she talks a little bit about um uh, petite knit who is a great uh, you know really big designer um I think most most of us have heard of her. Um, she she does patterns that are super popular, um, and most of them are pretty basic. Um, and now I mean basic, not as a negative thing. Um, basic is something that most people. Um, I mean, it speaks to most people, I guess, um, because you can. You can. It's wearable. You can. You can modify it if you want, but you still have that. Um, foundation um, to use and you know I her patterns are written up in a written up in a very you know nice clean way and um, you know she has a strong brand as well so she's able to sell patterns um, but any case uh, Sari talks about um, how she um, how she feels a bit you know not offended. I don't remember which, which what word she uses, but well, she reacts on seeing that, um, you know, very basic patterns that you can find for free if you Google search. Um, that that these um, are uh, s- sold. 
these are being sold and uh, and therefore as she as she describes it claimed by a certain designer when uh, in reality it's not really a design made by that designer because it's like it's common <laughs> it's common good uh, almost and um, I think even that's I mean that's easier to understand if you're maybe a Scandinavian knitter where knitting has been sort of a part of the common good it feels like and um, you know everyone has been knitting not anymore but you know traditionally it's been something that a lot of people has been doing and um, it's been um, you know and that has positive sides and negative sides as well the positive side is of course that you know it's accessible to everyone and um, I can agree with Sari in that in that some you know we need to think about what happens obviously she comes from a designer perspective i i don't really i just think of the more societal aspect of what happens when we start to charge for everything and when everything becomes sort of a business or you know commercialized in the way that you know there's a market for something that previously has been offered for free or has been part of the common knowledge or um yeah and and I think I mean that's that can be a slippery slope I am very you know myself I'm very not a big fan of like consumerism and and this whole like market influence that is you know we can see it everywhere and even in knitting which um you know it makes me feel sad in a way to be honest um of course the 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 other the other side of it is that knitting because it has been so common it has also been unpaid for and it has been done by um women mostly mothers uh, that have been knitting for their family and uh it's been unpaid work basically domestic work and um you know there's a uh, i can see the the positive sort of um maybe feminist aspect of it if you wish that uh, you know women get paid for um not only like knitting but designing and um you know everything that comes with being a professional uh in the the in a you know in a crafty uh, in a in a specific craft or a you know creative um creative hobby where well, it's not really a hobby if you're professional of course which is yeah you get um you know there's a point to be made for getting getting paid for for your work uh, and i understand that point absolutely and you know if if someone wants to pay for this basic pattern that you could easily find for free but you want to pay it because you want to support that specific designer or you know you're paying maybe for the experience rather than the actual pattern so maybe it's how the pattern is written or yeah it could be it could be you know you're paying for a lot of things that's sort of the the complexity of the market really that you know you're not only paying for the actual product you're paying maybe for a brand or for yeah you could be paying for a lot of things and if people want to do it then maybe maybe there is an argument that it should also be sold um for money um but yeah, at the same time you know my i think my uh, 
the standpoint that I have uh, the strongest, my strongest standpoint is that um, we need to think about what happens to uh, the craft itself when it gets so commercialized and um, when it when it becomes something that you need to pay for to access. Um, there is some, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I want to, I don't want to speak more to it now because I, I feel like I'm very, uh, I'm not very organized. Uh, but I recommend um, um, watching that video podcast from Sari. She has a very nuanced uh, discussion about it. And although she has an opinion, she, she's nuanced about it. And, um, you know, she, it's obvious that she has thought a lot, a lot about it. And I, I like when knitters sort of um, bring these discussions up because otherwise, you know, the knitting community is so nice and so um, gentle most of the time. Uh, so I, you know, me person, maybe that's just my personality, but I like when it's kind of, when I see a little bit of friction uh, because I think that's important just, just to, um, yeah, it's, it's important. Um, because we need to be conscious about, you know, our hobby, like, or, you know, if it's our work, our profession, you know, what, what, <laughs> you know, what's the consequences of our knitting and what, why are we knitting and how are we knitting? Um, yeah. Okay. So I'll, <laughs> I'll finish with that, um, cryptic message and, um, and thank you for, uh, having listened to this, um, uh, this podcast, I, I hope to do this again. I, I'm not sure if it, if it works out, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, uh, you know, until next time, um, have a, you know, be well, stay safe. Um, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.